Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome. For those of you that are watching online, what is up? I'm glad that you could make it. If you're watching us on Facebook, hey, type something in the chat. Let us know that you're here. Let us know where you're watching from. And uh, don't be afraid to share that if you wouldn't mind. We'd love to be able to use your social media influence to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. And we believe that with your help, we can do that. Thank you for everybody that's made the effort to be here this morning. I believe that God has something special and powerful in store for you as we get into his word. God is going to meet us here and give us something that will help us right where we are. Amen. Amen. So glad that you made it. I want to say thank you, especially to all of you who made groups a priority this week. Where are you at, my group people? Where are you at? Where are you at? You went to a group this week? Balcony? None of you guys went to a group this week? Shunned. Shunned. Unshunned. I still love you. Shunned. No, I'm just kidding. We believe that growth happens in groups here. We want you to be in a group. For those of you that are watching online, man, many of you are in online groups. That's awesome. We're so thankful that you could be a part of that. And I believe that God is going to meet you as you continue to, uh, to show up and let God show off in the process. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30 is where we're going to spend our time today. I think God's going to meet you there, give you something that will help you. 1 Samuel chapter 30. We have had an amazing week here at High Ridge. We've done so many things. This has been one of those weeks where you're just like, okay, this, is, this kind of all peaks at Sunday. Um, Thursday night, we had Unite, which is all... Absolutely amazing. We heard uh, from Pastor Tim Ross, Embassy City Church, amazing anointed man of God. And by the way, if you were able to, uh, to catch a glimpse of him, you got a hug because the, the guy's a hugger, let me just tell you. And uh, then, of course, we heard from Christine Kane herself. That lady brought it. It was amazing to hear the word that she had, not just for our church, but for our city, for this region. Uh, it was powerful. It was prophetic. It was wonderful. And I'm so grateful for what she was able to bring and then, of course, the duck man himself that's just now become the Jesus man, Willie Robertson from Duck Dynasty, uh, was here. And uh, it was just an honor, a privilege to be able to, to hang with those people and watch them uh, catch the heart of what's happening here in East Texas. It was beautiful. It was great. And I'm so honored to be a part of that. It was great to see 14 churches start to work together here. And let me just tell you, that's a chore. Only God could do that because, yeah, it takes God to, bring it, to be able to bring the egos of four different pastors into the same room and start submitting to each other and working together. Uh, it was powerful, and it's an honor to be a part of that. So thank you, thank you very much for serving. Thank you very much for showing up. Thank you for financially supporting us. It means a lot to me. And so as we dig into uh, to God's Word, we're gonna continue on with our series called Unsubscribe. Say that with me if you would. Unsubscribe. There are some things that happen to us that we pick up bad habits and, and bad tactics, bad theology that we pick up through the course of life that God's word tells us that we can unsubscribe from. We can lay aside these things and say, I don't need these. This is not who I wanna be. This is not who God has called me to be. This is not God's purpose for my life. I'm gonna let these things go. And this series is all about practically how do you do that? And so we're gonna talk about how to let go of some things that God's word says, this is not good for you. You're better than this. You ever had somebody tell you that? You're better than that. Uh, for those of you that are watching online, you know exactly who I'm speaking to. They have a, have a friend of mine that, uh, that doesn't need sugar, that doesn't need to be around sugar, and uh, every time I walk past his office and say, Pastor Doug, <laughs> you're better than that. He's like, no, I'm not. It's so good. <laughs> anyway, we want to kick a special shout out to him. So everybody that's watching online, hey, you're better than that. No, as we get into unsubscribe, today I want to talk about unsubscribing from the feeling of burnout. Somebody say burnout with me. 
Burnout is one of the things that we don't like to talk about in church because uh, it's almost like uh, I'm admitting weakness or failure. And that cannot happen in the kingdom of God. Of course, we are never weak because by his stripes we're healed and his strength is made perfect in our weakness and his grace is sufficient for us. We're never weak and we're never burnt out. We always have a source of strength. Well, do we? Because if we're gonna be honest today, there are times where we walk through that we just got nothing left to give. I've got no more. I can't do it. And this is especially a dark place for Christians because we are called and mandated by God, commanded through his word to give ourselves away. What happens when it goes to an unhealthy place? When you've given out more than what God has given you to give out. What happens when we stop receiving from the Lord because we've given out so much that we've forgotten to bring something back in? And there are plenty of messages that I've heard over my years of being in church of how to avoid burnout, but what happens if you're already there? It doesn't help me to know how to avoid it if I'm already in the middle of it, amen? And so I want to, uh, to approach this from a, from a position of honesty. Let's be honest that there are times in each of our lives where we walk through burnout. Now, this is more than just a feeling of being tired. All of us get tired, and the older that you get, the more this old body starts breaking down, I get tired. And there used to be something that I would hear old people say that I thought, that's really dumb. You're just old. You don't know what you're talking about. And they would say stuff like, youth is wasted on the young. Now, when you get a little older, you realize there is a lot of wisdom in that statement because <laughs> I'm just getting to the place where I'm starting to figure some things out and it feels like I know what I'm doing and know what I'm called to do and now I just don't have the energy to do it. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm worn out. There's a lot. And youth is wasted on the young. It's more than just being tired. It's more than just being overworked. It's more than just being emotionally drained. What happens when you're spiritually drained? What happens when you've, when you've given out more than you've taken in? What happens when it's more than just tired, when it's more than just worn out, when it becomes burnout? You see, if you're not careful, there are seasons where we go through in our lives where God is teaching us some stuff and you may walk through a season where it's very tiring, you've poured a lot out of yourself into this and then you end up carrying it into the next season that you didn't need to. And we unsubscribe to this feeling that burnout is just gonna be the new normal. That's something that we've, uh, that we've kind of coined starting in 22, the new normal, right? The new normal. And where that may be, it may be a reality in some situations, spiritually, God takes us from strength to strength, from glory to glory. There's always new seasons that God is walking us to. And if we're not careful, what we subscribe to in one season will carry over into the next one unnecessarily. Burnout. What is Burnout, is it more than just being tired, more than just being depleted? I wanna, I wanna define it this way. Burnout happens when physical and mental fatigue meet emotional and spiritual depletion. I'm physically tired, I'm mentally at the end of all the things that I can figure out, but now it's gone into the emotional and the spiritual. And I don't have a lot left to give you. Now thankfully, God's word has a lot to say about burnout. It has a lot to say about being emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally depleted. You are not alone. There are some amazing biblical characters that have wonderful track records of powerful things that walk through a season of burnout, of physical exhaustion, mental exhaustion. Jesus himself, multiple times praying, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me because I'm suffering here. He begins to sweat great drops of blood. I don't know what you've had to walk through in terms of mental anguish, but I would bet you've never got to the place you started sweating blood. And if you have, you need to see a doctor because that is not right. That is past the point where most of us would say, I'm tired, right? This is, this is more than that. 
And as God's word gives us direction of what to do when we find ourselves in this position, I think it's important that we turn our attention to it, that we're honest and recognize what is God asking of me? And how can I not just, not just walk through this, but learn from it and help somebody else in the process? So in 1 Samuel chapter 30, uh, I want you to notice that uh, the, the background up to this, to this next few scriptures that we're gonna read, the background to this is an emotional, physical, spiritual roller coaster. David's life, if we're talking about King David, has gone from relative obscurity, just taking care of my dad's sheep, to Israel's hero. He's slain Goliath. Then they write songs about him, and they, they talk about Saul has slain his thousands, but David slain his tens of thousands. Now, our king is pretty good, but this young cat over here, he's really good, and David's emotional cup is filled to the place of overflowing. But then he gets into a place where Saul asks him to come work for him. He gets anointed as the next king over Israel. But that road from the relative obscurity to kingship, that comes with a big roller coaster, doesn't it? His boss tries to kill him twice. Now, that shows me a lot about not just David's character, but his stupidity. Because at some point you got to say, this, is, this, might be a bad, this might be a bad vocation for me. You know, it's like, David, you got to quit. The dude tried to pin you to a wall with a javelin. He's like, yeah, but their 401k package, just I can't match that anywhere else. <laughs> Have you seen their benefits? I mean, it, they've got Blue Cross Blue Shield, and it's, it's like, it's the real thing. Like, I'm going to have to just let that, I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to give him a hard pass, you know, but... But no, he goes from losing his job to losing his best friend to losing his spouse, losing his home. He's gone out to the place where he is now on the run from King Saul trying to kill him. Can you imagine the physical, the mental, the emotional fatigue and depletion that is setting in in his life as he goes from loss to loss to loss to huge high to loss to loss to loss. And the Bible says that David's army begins to form out of people that were not just the top brass here. But those that were in debt and discontented, those that were discouraged, and it sounds like us. <laughs> You're like, I'll, I'll take the, the discontent part. I'm not in debt and I'm not discouraged. I'm just discontent. <laughs> like, don't try to church it up. Come on. But this is the kind of army that forms around David, people that were rejected, people that had no place else to go. And then David does something really strange, something that you don't... You don't take notice of it if you're not careful when you're looking at this scripture. The Bible says David begins to fight for the enemy. He begins to fight with the Philistines. And they take him and receive him as one of their own. And here comes the day where the Philistines say, we're going to get back at King Saul and destroy the kingdom of Israel once and for all. And we want David here to help lead the charge. And David's like, absolutely, I'd love to. It's time for all of my men who have been rejected to get revenge. We're gonna show you what we can do. We're gonna, we're gonna take over the kingdom. This must be God's way because I'm gonna take it over by force. And God's like, mm, I don't think so. Not like this. So David and his men are amped up, ready for war, ready for, for revenge. And the, the king of the Philistines looks at David and says, wait a minute, this, this is probably not right. You know what, David? Go home. And so he's embarrassed and called out just at the time where he thought he was going to be right back on top. And his men leave discouraged and embarrassed after being called out and turned away once again. And they come to a place in 1 Samuel chapter 30 where they're walking home. It's been three days of walking home, trying to discuss and figure out what in the world just happened. And at that moment, 
bad meets worse. Look at this. As they approach the town of Ziklag, it says this. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag, David's home, and had burned it. And had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. And when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Can you imagine the emotional, the physical, the mental roller coaster that these men have gone from to this place where they finally reach rock bottom? As you approach your home, imagine seeing a thick black cloud of smoke and everything is gone. The one thing that you thought would bring you comfort in retreat now doesn't exist anymore. And it says this, and I want you to notice how far down this emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical hole these men find themselves in. It says, David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Remember, the, the, these are military guys. To cry in front of each other and to do it so loud that they've used up the last of their strength reserves crying and to have, a, have it reach a place where you don't even have the strength to cry anymore. What happens in those moments? I wanna show you, they come to a decision. It says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. We're gonna kill you. I had enough of this. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but... And this is the most important thing I want to show you in God's word today. David found strength in the Lord, his God. And this is the heart of what I'm bringing to you today. If you find yourself at a place of mental fatigue and spiritual depletion, physical depletion, your strength cannot come from anything else but the Lord. And it can't be just the Lord, somebody else's God. It has to be your God. Your personal relationship with God can sustain you when your body physically cannot do it anymore. When your mind cannot figure it out, your relationship with God has to be what we go back to and say, okay, Lord, I cannot find this strength in myself. I have to find it from you. And in those moments, God comes through and gives David strength that he did not have. David found strength in the Lord his God. You know, David is not alone in this. This happens to several people throughout the Bible. Paul himself says, look, I feel like I'm being poured out like a drink offering right before Caesar takes his head. Elijah himself says, Lord, I'm all alone. I'm by myself. No one else cares about you, and I want to die. Elijah, the man who had called fire down from heaven, who had made a massive political statement for the power of God, now finds himself suicidal at the end of his rope in just a matter of one day. Let me say it this way. Uh, wisdom is low when emotions are high. And as we come to a place where we have no more left to give, we start making really dumb decisions. And this is where the church finds themselves today in the face of what we've had to walk through in 2020 and now in 2021. We find ourselves with an emotional high and the low, an all-time low of wisdom. We have to get back to the truth of God's word to understand who we are and what God is calling us to do. We have to get back to the truth of God's word to find out where our strength comes from when we feel like we have nothing left to give. Lord, we need your help. 
because we've walked through an emotional roller coaster, a physical roller coaster, a mental roller coaster, and a spiritual battle that feels like it's left us zapped of strength. How do we unsubscribe from this emotional roller coaster? How do we unsubscribe from burnout? What does God's word tell us that we can do when we're not just trying to avoid burnout, but we're right in the middle of it? And I'm sure that no one in this room, nobody watching online is actually there in the middle of it. That's for people in, in the next service. <laughs> but I'm gonna give this to you so you can help somebody else that's walking through it because it's not us, right? We're good, we're good. The joy of the Lord is our strength and we're so joyful. We're so joyful today. I'm so strong. <laughs> Let's be honest, are you? You know, I was raised with a, with a theology that, that came out of nowhere, but maybe a, a Cracker Jack box that was fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> Anybody else been there? You're like, okay. Where's that scripture? Fake it till you make it. Woo, let's rally behind that. That's, that's not true. Sometimes you can't. Like, I need help. I wanna be honest. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not good. I've given away a lot and it's gotten to an unhealthy place. We've been through a ton. How do I unsubscribe from this? I don't wanna carry this any farther than what you want me to carry this, Lord. I am burnt out. I'm burnt out. And I think if we could start at that place of honesty, God begins to give us what we need. But it can't be prefaced with bad theology and faking it till you're making it. Let's be honest before the Lord. I wanna give you four things that I think are choices that we can make that help combat the feelings of burnout. And, and if we're gonna be honest, burnout is more than feelings. As, as a matter of fact, let me say it this way. Burnout is more than feelings and energy level. It's spiritual, it's physical, and it's emotional. So number one, if you're a note taker, you might wanna write this down, you have to choose to take it seriously. It's not a joke. It's not just something that you can say, I'm gonna be good tomorrow. I'm gonna spend a little time and um, I'm read a couple of scriptures, then I'm good. Now this is, this is more than that. And so we have to take it seriously. As we're looking in this story, remember, David's men, when they came to this place of burnout, their first thought was murder. <laughs> That's pretty serious. Elijah, when he comes to a place of murder, his first thought was suicide. Let's end it all because I'm alone and I'm making dumb decisions. When I say wisdom is low, when emotions are high, look at the story of Elijah. Elijah, the very first thing he does when he's walking through a place of burnout, he sends his servant, his accountability partner, the one that's there to help him, he sends him away. Why don't you go over here? I'm gonna be by myself for a while because I get way better when I'm depressed by myself. No, no, no. In, in, in a crisis, the last person you need to take advice from is who? You. You make dumb decisions in a crisis. Isn't it? Wisdom is low when emotions are high. And so he sends away his partner, and then he walks a day and a half into the middle of the Mediterranean desert. I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem too wise. Like, bro, you're gonna need an umbrella, you're gonna need a canteen, you're gonna need some Columbia gear, Maybe some Under Armour to wear and help keep in your, your body temperature. Like, this is dumb. Finds himself underneath a broom tree and says, Lord, I'm ready to die. Wisdom is low. Emotions are high. We make dumb decisions. As we're looking at God's word, I think it's important that we take burnout seriously. Especially, let me just preach for a moment, let me, just, uh, let me just implore you uh, as men, men, because asking for help doesn't feel like a natural or normal thing to do. It feels like admitting weakness. And guess what? It is. And we are weak. But asking for help is biblical. 
It's biblical. And it's okay. Take it seriously. The Bible says in James 5 that Elijah was a man just like us. And the things that he's done, the things that he's walked through, the highs that he's seen and the lows that he's experienced are very near to what me and you walk through all the time. So I love that God sends uh, an angel to help Elijah, number one, to help him rest. He says, hey, rest. The journey's too much for you. He says, take a nap. You know who else we see taking naps in scripture? Jesus. If you don't hear anything else that I say, please hear this. Take a nap. Take a nap. Get a little bit of rest. Shut the eyes for a little bit. Turn on a fan and the ceiling fan. Turn the air conditioner down to 68. You could pay the bill later and figure out that later on. Get it cold. Get it dark. Get the fan on. Take the kids to Mima's house and, and take a nap. Like, I'm going to shut this down for just a second. But you know, the angel begins to focus on his rest and his diet. He says, you need to eat something. And he gives him carbs. I mean, prophetically, right now, that's enough, right? Get a little, get a little carbs in you, because you sleep better when your stomach is full. Mm, Holy Ghost. But I love, I love that God doesn't address the spiritual needs until he addresses the physical. And think about this, how Jesus feeds people before he feeds people. Sometimes we just need a little rest. We need to sit at his feet. We need to process through some stuff. Take a nap. Get a little food into you so you can start thinking straight. Because when you're hungry, you make dumb decisions. When you're emotional, you make dumb decisions. When you're tired, you make dumb decisions. Please hear me. Take it seriously. Here's the second key I want to show you how to avoid and how to walk free from, how to unsubscribe from spiritual burnout. Second is you have to choose to take it to the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need to take it to your therapist. I'm not saying don't, don't be honest with your group. I'm not saying don't take it to your spouse. But at some point, you have to take it to the Lord. And let me just add this, with honesty. Yeah. With honesty. Honesty goes a long way with your father. Yeah. And so many of us were raised to a place where being honest with God felt like blasphemy. At some point, when he, when he calls himself uh, our, 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 our Lord and our Savior and our helper, how can he help us if we're not really being honest with him? You know, you wouldn't take that from your doctor. Doctor, I need you to help me. What's going on? You know what? I feel great. I feel amazing today. I'm at the top of my game, honestly. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Okay. <laughs> That's good for your motivational speech. Let, why are you here? You know, um, I just want to encourage you. That's why I'm here. <laughs> it makes no sense. We have to choose to take it to the Lord with honesty. I love David's responses. These men were talking of stoning him as it says he was greatly distressed. How did he find strength in the Lord his God? It says David called for the ephod. David says, bring me the ephod. We would call this uh, the robe of approach. This is what a, a, a priest would wear, the priestly garments, when they begin to inquire of the Lord. They would put on this garment and say, okay, Lord, I've got a question. What do you want me to do? What are you saying? What are you asking of me? And in those moments, God begins to tell David something that I don't even think David could believe because it says these men had no more strength left to weep. David was greatly distressed. When you don't even have the strength to cry, how can you carry out what God's about to say when God says, go get them? I don't have any more to give. We are played out. God says, go and recover it. And so as David begins to take this plan back to his men, we're gonna go get 
the Amalekites. We're going to go back and get our, our wives and our children. We're going to go recover everything that, that they have taken from us. Many of the men says, I can't go. Think about how low you would have to get in burnout to not even be able to rally for your family. This is a low spot. But many of them, hundreds of them said, we can't take another step. And the rest of them rally around them and said, we'll go for you. But we're going to be obedient to what the Lord says. Choose to take it to the Lord. Get honest about what you need and then begin to receive back from God. I love David in, in Psalm 22. He, he prays this prayer that's so honest. And I, I love what he says. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Ouch. But you know who else quoted what David says? Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross. Now, we know for a fact that God's word says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But that doesn't mean at the times in your life where you're walking through something hard that it doesn't feel that way. And I love the honesty, not just from David, but from Jesus Christ himself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says, I cry by day and you don't answer and by night, but I find no rest. But then he goes on to say something that, that I think is powerful and important. David remembers the stories of how God came through before. He says, wait a minute. And you, our fathers trusted, and you delivered them. He goes on to say, to you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted, and they were not put to shame. So in other words, if they did it, I can do it. If they walk through it, I can walk through it. If you met them at their point of need, you're gonna meet me. Why? Because I'm in the middle of my story now, but as I see the end of their story, that worked out pretty good. They didn't feel like they could do it. They felt the same things that I'm feeling, but if you gave them a word and you've given me a word, then I'm gonna do what you're asking me to do because if it worked for them, it's gonna work for me. And you, my father trusted, and you, his father trusted, it worked out pretty good for them. I'm going to trust you too. I wonder if that could be your determination today if you find yourself in a place where you're not sure if you have the strength to even trust the Lord. One of the great things I can leave you with today is look at the stories of the people that have come before you and then decide what do you want your story to be. Is this the end of your story? Or are you just in the middle? I'll say it this way. Spiritual honesty leads us back to a physical reality. <laughs> I'm gonna say that again because I don't feel like you caught it. Spiritual honesty leads us back to physical reality. I think for many of us, reality is so far-fetched in our mind, we're not seeing reality because we're not being spiritually honest with the Lord. But it leads him back to a place of, wait a minute, God, you've come through before. I believe you're gonna come through again. Honesty before the Lord. We realize I'm not the first one to be here. I probably won't be the last one to be here either. But if these guys trusted you, I can trust you too. If you did it for them, you could do it for me. I, I, I see that echoed in the lives of so many biblical heroes. They draw strength from the stories of somebody else when they don't see that God's helping them in the moment. And, and burnout can make us feel like that. I just don't feel like God's helping me. Don't feel like I can make this. I'm depleted. I'm not thinking right. I know it's not right. But I feel, I feel off. You know, temporary emotions can lead us to permanent decisions really quickly. And this is where the church walks through years like we've walked through in 2020, and we make some permanent decisions about whether or not we're even going to pray anymore. 
whether or not we're going to saddle up and try again, whether or not you're ever going to serve, whether or not you feel like you can give, whether or not you're going to have a relationship with God. And we've seen drastic numbers happen, especially in the American church, as we've not gotten stronger, but the numbers have depleted. We see that temporary issues that we're walking through lead us to make permanent decisions about some powerful things, things that we need. Here's the third thing. We have to make a choice to take a step of faith. Now, remember, David has prayed. He's gotten a word from God. God says go. But to this point, he hasn't actually done it. And this is where I think many of us will, will, will miss it. We'll get a word from God. We'll get some strength. We'll get some encouragement. We'll get direction from the Lord, but not actually step out and do it. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where uh, the, the, the faith becomes a faith walk. It's where we begin to step out and do what God has asked us to do. David got a word. Elijah got a word. Moses got a word. Jesus got some encouragement and he got some strength. And then he started just, hey, started kicking butt. Can you say butt in church? I don't know. I believe that burnout ends at the moment that we hear from God and start walking by faith again. It ends at that moment. You get a word from God and you start doing more than just praying. You start obeying. You still with me? There's a scripture in Exodus chapter 14 where Moses was leading the children of Israel. They had just walked out of slavery and they'd been out in the desert. And of course, it gets hot and they had all this emotions that were, that were great when they were let out of slavery. But now they're in a place where reality sets in and they're up against the Red Sea. And they start talking about killing Moses. It's amazing how when, when bad times happen, people want to kill their leaders. Please don't. <laughs> and so Moses begins to talk to God. He's like, wait a minute. God, you let us out here to die because this is what the people are saying. And they're talking about killing me. And now we hear that Pharaoh's got his army coming to kill us. So if you're not going to kill me and the people aren't going to kill me, then Pharaoh's going to kill me. Somebody's dying. This is the holy trifecta. This is bad. This has gone from, this has gotten, gotten real. You know what God says in that moment? God says this in verse 15. I want you to look at this. He says something that you won't find anywhere else in the scripture. Then the Lord said to Moses, quit praying and get the people moving. Forward march. How crazy must it be when God says, stop talking to me and start doing what I told you to do. Walk, move. Like, well, where? <laughs> There's an ocean in front of us. Walk right towards it. And then watch what I can do. Powerful. And we know the story. But I wonder how many of us are right in the place where we're feeling overwhelmed and asking the Lord for direction. And we don't see the end of the story yet. See, it's easy for us to look at what God did for these other people and think, yeah, but he won't do that for me. Yes, he will. And yes, he can. He still does. He still heals. He still delivers. He still moves mountains. He still cures diseases. He still meets people at the point of their despair. He still restores marriages. He still breaks addictions. He's still God. His power is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he has done, he can still do. It's time to start believing it and obeying it taking a step of faith in the right direction. How do we unsubscribe from burnout? Choose to take a step of faith. And then number four, and I'll close with this. You have to choose to look 
for divine moments. As you're taking this step of faith, God will start meeting you in little ways to let you know you're on the right track. In little ways to let you know, I still got you. You're doing what I've asked you to do. God begins to bless you, begins to strengthen you, begins to show you some powerful things that you couldn't make happen on your own to let you know, I love you. I care about you. You've come too far to quit now. And this is what happens to David as he begins to pursue the Amalekites that had raided and, and taken everything from him. The Bible says that they come upon this slave that had gotten sick that the Amalekites had taken and they had just discarded him and left him out there all alone to die. David and his men come upon this slave and they begin to give him water, begin to give him something to eat. And it's amazing to me that I've skipped past that part of the story and forgotten just how weak and tired David's men were, but yet they were strengthening somebody else that had it worse than them. Think about that. And as they bring this person back from the brink of death, they ask him, who are you? He said, I'm, I'm just a slave that these guys left to die. So which way did they go? He said, you promise you won't kill me? He said, we promise we won't kill you. He said, they went that way. And if you hurry, you can catch them. What happens? David catches him. He's on the right track. God gives him these divine moments to let him know he's on the right track. David catches up with the Amalekites takes back everything that they've taken, not just from his city, but from the other cities that they've raided. They come back with this massive amount of blessings and plunder that God provided when they stepped out and chose to obey him even when they didn't feel like they had the strength to do it. And I believe that God is still doing the same for us, for me, and for you today. When we choose biblical choices over our temporary feelings. When we feel like we can't go on, when we feel burnout, we can still choose to look for divine moments. Lord, I'm stepping out on faith here. I don't feel like I have the strength, but will you show me? Show me. Give me a clue. Give me some things to let me know that you're still with me, that I'm still on the right path. I love this scripture in Psalm 25, and as I was putting this together, I, I wanted to make sure that you, that you hear this on the, with the same weight that the Lord gave it to me to give to you this week. Psalm 25, verse four, is our a theme verse for this week. I think this will help you if you apply this to your world this week. Psalm 25, 4 says, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. I believe that this is a theologically perfect prayer to pray. Show me, Lord. You recognize his lordship. You recognize that he is the one that knows the right path and you're asking him for help. Don't just show me, Lord, Point me in the right direction. I would even add this, Lord, and kick me in the behind right down the right direction. Make sure I'm going. I need your help. Show me. Point it out to me. Make sure that I do this. Ultimately, Lord, I want to please you. I can't do that when I'm, when I'm burnt out and I'm subscribing to this feeling that it's always going to be this way. Lord, show me. Give me the right path to follow. Point out the road. And I'll be obedient to do it. Can you receive that? As we're finishing up today, I want to I take a moment and have you respond to the power of the Holy Spirit, what he might be saying to you. I think it's difficult to really um, to be honest about where we are sometimes with our energy level, with our spiritual level, with our physical capabilities, and, and, and it's difficult to do that in a large group, which is why I want to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, for just a moment, to just close your eyes. And if you can, forget about the people on your right and on your left. If you're watching at home, 
I wanna invite you to just have a moment between you and the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to help you. He wants to give you direction. He wants to guide you. He wants to heal you. He wants to help you. Would you close your eyes and pray a simple but powerful prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And I want to just encourage you to be honest about what he's telling you and be honest about where you are. For many of us today, we can confess that we are weak and we're not well. We're not at the top of our game. We're not firing on all cylinders. We're tired. We're emotionally depleted. We're beyond fatigue. We're trying to fake it till we make it not recognizing that the power of God is here and willing to help us right where we are. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, I pray that by your strength and by your power that you would supernaturally begin to lift burdens, supernaturally begin to bring clarity to every hard decision that's being made in this room right now, supernaturally begin to speak to your people, and I pray that you would give them peace. I pray that you would give them favor Lord, I pray that you begin to heal and deliver. Father, I pray that you would come against all the things that try to convince them that you're not God and that you don't care. I pray that right now that they would be able to see that you are and you do. That you're here and you're meeting them at the point of their need. Lord, I pray that they would remember that scripture in Psalm 25, 4 all this week. And they would pray, Lord, show me the path. Point me in the right direction. I trust you. I want to do what you've asked me to do. Father, when we're burnt out, when we don't feel like we can, we make a choice to lean into your word, to hear from you, and to receive strength that we didn't know that we had. Father, we recognize in these moments where we feel so weak that there are people that have it much worse than us. And if we can help them and be your hands and feet, we know that you're willing to help us as well. Would you bless my friends? Would you strengthen them? Would you help them? Would you minister to their needs? right now. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to leave today by asking you a simple question. My friend, do you know for a fact that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you made a decision to ask him to come into your heart and forgive you of your mistakes? If you haven't, then this is your moment. I want to help you do that, just like somebody helped me one time. And whether you're here in this room or watching online, if that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer. You can say it Right along with me, I'll tell you what to say. The prayer goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came, you died, you rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. I invite you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me. Heal me. Save me. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that was you, my friend, and you just prayed that prayer, I would love to get in touch with you. And the easiest way to do that is through text. As a matter of fact, if that was you and you just prayed that prayer with me, right with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody's looking, it's just me and you. Would you just raise your hand all across this place and say, that was me. I prayed that prayer. I did it. Good, I see you. Good, I see you. Good. Would you mind texting me? 
text the words, I prayed to 844-HRC-TEXT. If you're watching online, the same is true for you. What I'm gonna do is send you some things that will help you understand what just happened in your heart and what to do next. We would love to be a group of people that encourage you to keep walking with Christ. It's a beautiful friendship. We'd love to help you keep going. Good for you. Well, Highridge family, would you guys go ahead and look up at me, then stand to your feet? It's been such a privilege and an honor bringing God's word to you here this week. And I just wanna tell you how, how, how much uh, I love you, how proud I am of you for not quitting, for not walking away. You know, I forget what it's like for many, many, many churches that find themselves in a dark place where people aren't coming back, nobody's giving, nobody's financially supporting them. And that's not the case with this church. And uh, I, I forget what other people are having to walk through in the face of, of so much success here. God has done some incredible things. That's because you're listening, because you're involved. You're willing to become part of the solution, not just part of the problem. You've leaned into the power of God. And uh, I just wanna say thank you. It means a lot to me. Have our elders and their wives coming. They're gonna remain here at the front to pray for you. If you have any prayer needs, we would love to pray for you. If you're watching online, if you're watching on Facebook, would you guys mind sharing this with your social media world? If you're in the room today and you, you can find us on, on, on Facebook, a, a quick share means a lot to us. We always love when God uses... Uh, what we're doing here to get out of this room and uh, make an impact on the world. For everybody else, let me bless you as you go. Father, I thank you for my friends. I pray that they would have an amazing week following after you every step of the way. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an amazing week.